All right, welcome back to the Jackal Media Podcast. Um, this is the day after the trade deadline in the National Hockey League. I'm joined by a former university colleague of mine. Or, that. Yeah, colleague. We didn't work together, but you know, Most you understand. I'm joined by a good buddy of mine, a love and respected dude immensely. His name is Kepler Bloomrich. Hello. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to go through for the. For in terms of trades, I got a whole list of stuff, Kepler. You can look and just see what's up on the screen. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we're going to be talking about. But kind of to get us started, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, we all know they got great goaltending depth. Peter Kochekov, I think is how you say that. He kind of bailed them out a lot last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, specifically the Boston series. In his fourth NHL game, I think it was he ended up helping them win the series which is incredible to see, but uh, yesterday on March 3rd, in Winnipeg, of all places, oh my for the Chicago Wolves against the Moose, they were up 2 nothing, And the Moose were, I think they were down, or no, the Wolves were down a guy. And, and Kochekov went and he flung the puck from behind the net and scored the goal. The only thing that everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of the people that are just raving about is the celebration this guy had. Let's see it. I got it up on screen for you, Kepler. It's the first time I've seen this. It's a nice... It's a (laughs) shorthanded goalie goal. That's great. Well, the guy's pumped. Good for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he deserves it. That's amazing. The celebration was great. And then he... Because he already had an assist in the game, too. No way. Yeah. That's a two-point night for a tender. Yeah. Which is not uncommon. I think Allmark has a few apples this year. But... Oh, man. At uh, least one, Gino. Yeah. Um, He's the 20th goalie in AHL history to score a goalie goal. Only the 20th. Only the 20th. Wow. I think... I think there's only been a handful in the NHL. I think the number is less in the AHL number. See how many? How many? I know uh, Brodeur had a couple, at yeah. least two. Let's see here. NHL goalies to score. While Kepler is looking that up, uh, yeah, the game ended four-one. So unfortunately, Kachekov didn't get the uh, shutout for the Chicago Wolves. Uh. Which, it sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, as a Moose fan, it's like, uh, do I cheer or do I boo? <laughs> but the captain of the Moose, I forget who the captain is right now, but he went to go fight Peter K- uh, Kachekov. I can't say that name for the life of me, and it's hilarious. And I got a harder name coming up right away with another goaltender. Oh, no. So, uh, did he get the number? Yeah, 13 goaltenders. According to Wikipedia, a highly trusted source, you should check it out. Uh, 13 goaltenders have scored a total of 16 goals in the National Hockey League. Um, a goalkeeper can score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Um, I want to see who all the multi-goal scorers are. Um, Broder and Hextall should yeah. be one. Broder has three. Berner has three. Three is the only goaltender to be credited with three goals, two in the regular season, and one in the playoffs. I knew he had one in the playoffs. Which series was that? I think Hextall was the first to get one in the playoffs. 
Where are we here? Yeah, Ron Hextall became the first goaltender to score via direct shot on goal and later became the first with a shorthanded goal. Hextall is the only goalie to have scored more than once with a direct shot on goal. Sick. So I guess Brodeur was a deflection or something? Maybe. I don't know what they mean by direct shot on goal. It might have... Wait. Uh... Maybe it touched the stick of a defenseman on the opposing team or something. I don't want to get copyright claims, so I'm going to keep the audio off, you know? Fair enough. So 13 goaltenders in NHL history have scored in NHL, or a, a, yeah, a National Hockey League goal. Yeah. And 20 in the AHL. That's some exclusive club he just got into. Oh yeah, and then Linus Allmark did one, what, last week it was? Yeah, the most recent goaltender, February 25th. Yeah, and then before him, it was Pecorine. Was it Rene? I am not sure, man. I wish I had more IQ than I do, but... Yeah. You're a smart fella. <laughs> I keep up with the with the newer stuff, but the older stuff I have to more <laughs> study. That, that's, what I, that's what I'm here for. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, speaking of goaltenders, we had a goaltender fight the other night between the Milwaukee Admirals and Texas Stars game. Okay. Uh, Yaroslav Askarov of the Admirals and Remy Poirier of the Texas Stars were the goalies involved in the fight. This is also the second fight of the game. Oh, jeez. There was a lot of extracurriculars. I was looking for the highlights of this game. Because Spittin' Jekyllitz was just like, this is a great game. Of course. In the last five minutes of the game, your goaltenders are scrapping. So the backups log just under five minutes. Okay. Um, it was five. It was a five-three win for the Texas Stars. Even, but I think the goalie fight was the most entertaining thing of the game. Yeah. All right. It's like the way they're like dancing with each other. Haymakers. Ooh. Poirier got him. I'm always worried for when they fall backwards that they hit their head on the ice. Well, did you see the McCabe-Lowry stuff? Uh, from- oh, okay. Nah. Yeah, no kidding. I remember Askarov hearing his name for the first time during the World Juniors a couple years ago. Yeah. Some of the stuff that happens... Yeah, I gotta follow the AHL more. I don't- I don't follow it much. I just- what, like, when it happens, it happens. Like, when it pops up. And then another thing for goalies is, is Casimir Kaskiusuo, I think his name is. Punch a tongue twisters too. Oh yeah. Um, he was suspended five games for throwing a water bottle at a ref. <laughs> it was That's precise. Great. The shot, the throw. <laughs> like watch, watch this throw. How far away was it? Oh, it was a decent uh, throw. <laughs> That's amazing. Like the top of the circle. And the ref just gets drilled by it. Good. It's, it, it, like, it's an incredible throw. Ah, I take it back. Maybe not good, but that is pretty darn entertaining. And then, we're just taking a look at the Twitter replies, and his wife put out a TikTok uh, 
saying if two uh, two thousand three hundred forty eight people sent uh, sent one dollars, it would pay my husband's fine for this stupid act. Bro, I'd give him twenty for for nothing. I mean, the rest are pretty stupid, anyways. I mean, that's almost a given. Oh yeah. I mean, nowadays they. The and then, of stuff they don't call and the other things they do call, it's ridiculous. Casimir puts in the comments, no shopping for a few months, honey. <laughs> oh, dang. It's almost more of a charity for his wife than for him now. <laughs> uh, Nasher right under, absolute cannon of an arm, though. No kidding. Man. That's, a, that's my favorite highlight. Somehow I like that even more than the goalie fight. Yeah. Man, some of the stuff that's happening in the NHL recently. Oh. I think I should be employed for the later part. Um, trade deadline review. I'm sure you followed the trade deadline like a hawk. For the Jets, I did. Oh, yeah. I don't know. All two of their trades they made. Oh, God, that's disappointing, man. What can I say? Conveniently enough, they're first on the list. Um, but I'm going to ask you the question, who do you think won the trade deadline and why? Out of all the teams? Yes. I think the Rangers, man. They're just getting ready to win the cup now. Fair enough. I mean, they, they gave... What did they give the Hawks? They gave them like a, f a whole bunch of nothing. They gave them a conditional second, which can turn into a first if they win two playoff rounds. Mm -hmm. Which I is think how we fourth. got... What was it Chaz Lucius or it was one like of the that. two guys were Rector McCordy. We got yeah. one of those two through that. Yeah. But no, they they tr they got Kane for like an absolute steal. And the guy's a superstar, no doubt. So I I can't see how anybody could really beat uh beat New York on that one. But I I, I saw Vegas get a couple. I don't remember. Well, they got which quick. Exactly. I know that. They got a couple guys, which I was quite impressed with. Vegas is right at the top of cap friendly, of course. All right. But man. So they got Jonathan Quick, Teddy oh, Bluger, Ivan Barbashev. That's the yeah. That's one. They that got I... rid of Shea Weber's contract. Okay. So those are the four moves they, uh, they made. They gave up Michael Hutchinson in the seventh in twenty twenty five. Uh huh. Peter Dillabit. Barator? I don't even know how to say half these names. I don't blame you. And a 2024 third round pick. Uh, they also got rid of Zach Dean, Shea Weber, and a 2023 fifth. Okay, so with that Shea Weber one, they, they cleared a lot of cap space then. Just under 8 million they would have. So I'm going to move this microphone a little more over here. Yeah, don't let it fall. <laughs> um, so that was the majority of their uh, moves. I think the Rangers made a couple others that I'm not... Oh, they also got Nico Mikola. I could say that name. Good for you. This is the one guy I don't know. <laughs> uh, he came in the Tarasenko trade. Okay. But yeah. Like, um, you got rid of Sammy Blay and Hunter Skinner, who weren't really working well for you, for mm -hmm. Tarasenko and Mikola. They also traded Reeves stupidly, which, whatever. I mean, he's your modern-day enforcer, I think. Well, he is the modern-day enforcer. Him yeah. and Lucic. I guess so. All right. They traded Tyler Mott in a seventh-round pick. <laughs> Julian Goche in a seventh-round pick is what I meant to say. That's or Tyler Mott. Pretty irrelevant, in my opinion. Another thing, uh, in Patrick Kane's debut, which is against Ottawa of all teams, uh, Austin Watson 
completely runs his former teammate into the boards. I thought it was Kane that he went after. Is how bad was it? Uh, it was a decent board. Oh gosh. Yeah. Was it? A, it was a five then. I uh, yes, it was a five. Any suspensions or no? Um, not that I know of. Yeah, Tyler Mott, former teammate. I wonder if it was personal a bit. Maybe. Like, we don't know the locker room dynamics. Like, not even a lot of the insiders know, truthfully. Uh, maybe that's for the best. Yeah. Let's just take a look at this. The play is, like, it's a decent play. And then Watson just drills him. Oh. And he kept, he caught him right in the head. Can you re... Are they going to have a replay there? They might, yeah. Well, it's a three-minute video, okay. so... Okay, they got you. That guy's a goon. Oh, he's straight again. Just a straight goon. Look at his eye. He's got a black eye. That's obviously from fighting, but... Yeah, concussion protocol. Well, yeah, it was a straight check to the head. It was like... That's ridiculous. That's an elbow as well. Oh, yeah. He, he wasn't going for the puck. Oh, definitely. I mean, he played the puck, which... Ah, that's a headshot. I don't like that whatsoever. Yeah, it's a straight headshot, and... Unfortunately, there's not a lot that you can do. Um, yeah. That's nasty. I hope Sportsnet got this. Take a look at this hit on Tavares. Oh, he's six foot eight and he left his feet. Oh shoot! It's like Tavares. You remember a couple of years ago, he got the knee in the head from Perry oh, on that, accident. But that was—I don't want to think of that. Honestly, that made me clench my teeth. And that's in the first minute of the game, so McCabe's gonna go after him, obviously. I can only imagine where he made contact, though. It must have been with his hips to the head. If he's oh, that yeah. tall. I'll be honest, man. Tyler Myers is a penalty machine. Oh, yeah. It seems like the tall guys in the league, other than Chara, I've seen, like, they just don't move their feet enough and they get caught up. Yeah. And if they don't make a dirty play like that, they'll, they'll end up hooking someone or something or doing holding because the tiny guys will fly right around them. Oh, yeah. The one thing about this game, though, is the Leafs were not taking anything. Like, they were trying to bully the Canucks all mm. game after this. Okay. Even before this, they were really playing hard. Okay. Also, look at this comment. One, about once a month, or once a season, Tyler Meyer will be skating around and suddenly realize, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm six foot eight, and those moments are truly beautiful. Yeah. And the entire fight is just like, it's not a great look. Jesus, uh, water. Yeah, you're fine. There's a Darnell Nurse. Oh, yeah. We're getting a little off with Lowry. Yeah. There's some of the things that have happened tonight. I did miss this one. I I watched the highlights on Sportsnet, but it was almost like the Snapchat story type of thing where they only yeah. show the goals and whatnot. Yeah. Gotta be here somewhere. Gotta be. There's no way. I mean, 
Would they have it in the full game highlight? Uh, who knows? Um, either way, we'll just get back to where we are. Fair enough. So, uh, you said the Rangers are the ones who won the deadline? I'd say so. Okay. Um, I'm going out on a limb here. Hear me out. Uh-huh. I'm saying Toronto. Yeah. Because you picked up O'Reilly, who should be your second-line center going forward. Uh, Noel Cherry, who's a good middle six player. Jake McCabe, who goes in your, easily onto your first line for defense. Sam Lafferty, who's also a good middle six player. Luke Shen, former Leaf. And Eric Gustafson, former 60-point defenseman. The great off-season for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just kind of go through the recaps of what Toronto and all these other teams gave up, or Toronto, Boston, and Tampa uh, in a bit, but I was a little bit surprised to see that Winnipeg only made two moves for two picks. Nino, uh, Nino Niederreiter being the first one for a 2024 second. I like the, I like the move. It's a it's a nice, solid addition into the top six and kind of cushions you for injury. What was, what were your thoughts on the trade when it happened? I thought it was a pretty good one for us. I I go off of name value first because I'm a bit of a noob for some of this stuff. Do I know this guy? If I do, then he must be good. It's obviously my first take, but... Um, after seeing some of his highlights, I was pretty impressed. I was like, okay, we got we got a decent guy. Can go in the top six or even in the bottom the bottom two lines for some more depth. I remember hearing his name quite often when we would play against Nashville, so he always seemed to be quite in play all the time, always seemed to be a playmaker, and I think that's what we need more of right now, more puck movement and more passes that actually connect. And once we get that... Uh, well, I think I look at Nino Niederreiter and I see how he plays and I think he just fits in very well with everybody else around him. I think yeah. he's a guy that can make people around him better as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't see, I don't, I don't get to, to watch a lot of his highlight reel in Nashville, but just from some of the overall impressions that guys like Elliot Friedman, all of them have made, especially like Winnipeg writers like Scott Bilek, Ken Weeb, and Mike McIntyre. Those those four names that I just dropped and the three Winnipeg names all were obviously very, like, this is a really good trade. Like, it's cushioned for when a guy goes down. You don't want your guys to go down, obviously, but you get a little bit of extra insurance. And then Vladislav Nemestikov was traded the other night one for one for uh, Michael Esamont, former Jet. And Tampa retained half of S or Nemesnikov's salary. It was very clear uh, right after the trade that San Jose was going to move him right away. Because they, I don't know why they traded for him in the first place if you didn't yeah. want him. But they went and on trade deadline day, like in the morning, I think it was, Winnipeg traded a 2025 fourth round pick for Vlad Nemesnikov. So he, uh, I don't know if you know him. I've heard of him. That's about it. I don't know much about him. He's, this is actually this actually would be his third time getting traded from Tampa. Wow. 
what the heck. I know. Second or third time. Well, I, I hope he... I hope he settles down here then, or at least somewhere, unlike Comrie. Yeah. Um, he started in Tampa, was doing very well, and then they traded him to the Rangers. Kind of just got a little bit rocky there. And has been all over the league since 2019-20. Dang. Has been in, been in Detroit twice in two seasons. That's... A little tough to see, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping he's a solid addition. He had a point tonight. Uh, same with Niederreiter. They both had a, uh, an assist on the score sheet versus Edmonton, Edmonton tonight in the Jets 7 5 win. That's another thing I want to get to right away. Is what are your impressions of the Jets right now? Did you think they should have made a move? or I wish they would have gone for defensemen, man. feel, well, get Stanley out. He, uh, I don't know how to say this with, like, no ill intent or how to even say it nicely, so I'm just gonna say it straight up, he's a pylon. I don't know, man. I, he's a big body, and I think that's why they're picking him, because he can throw his weight around a bit, but I don't, I don't think he thinks enough with how to use his body properly. Like, I, I think he kind of looks around a bit too much and he takes a bit too long to think rather than playing with that grit. Like, I know he has the grit. I've seen him play with it before. Even with that game in Toronto, what is it, last season? Yeah, where he, he kind threw of just ragged a season or two and then at the end of the game he threw his arms up and whatnot. Exactly. Playing up to the crowd. Yeah, I know. It pissed off quite a few people. I, I thought it was great. I wish he would do that more, you know, where he... Plays with more heart. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like he hangs his head down too much. Like, like Wheeler, when he was captain, in the, like, a couple seasons ago, yeah. just seemed upset all the time and not smiling enough. And I, I wish he... I wish he would somehow find a way to be more positive and at the same time move his feet more and use his size to his advantage. I, I feel like he doesn't use his size enough. If he were to use it more, I feel like he could be a really effective defenseman and put his weight behind the puck, you know? Like, he could... I have no doubt he's capable of hitting a slapper above 100 miles an hour. Like, he has the size for it. He has the build for it. I just... I don't see him developing those situations where he's able to use his unique abilities effectively. And I think that's costing him. And it's just a lot of those guys in our defensemen, especially lower down, they're just not effective enough. And we have so many guys in on the moose, like Hainala... Samberg has been decent. Samberg has been good. Capobianco, he scored a goal today, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but Samberg, I think, out of our defensemen, has probably played the strongest next to Morrissey all year. Like, Is if you're going to completely strip it down and look at your defense realistically, I would say you'd probably keep Morrissey and Samberg on your left side and maybe DeMello on your right side. After that, you, you're starting to move, guys. I don't. I wish Pionk is just inconsistent. Some games he'll play amazing, other games not so much. Logan Stanley is consistent, but for the wrong reasons. Unfortunately, it seems the other did guys. You, did you see that Andy Strickland or whatever that guy's name is reported that Stanley requested a trade? I did not. I didn't yeah. hear about that even. Uh, so it's reported that Logan Stanley requ- uh, requested a trade. 
who knows if that's true. They might trade him in the off season. But uh, like well, man. like in the minors, you have Salamunson, Hanala. He was a draft pick recently, right? Ah, second, second round, yeah, fifty fifth overall. You also have Hanala, Simon Lundmark. Lundmark was drafted in twenty nineteen, second round, fifty first overall. Tyrell, yeah, Tyrell Bauer, twenty twenty round six, one hundred sixty fourth overall. Declan Chisholm. Heard about him as well, yeah. Fifth round, 2018, 150th overall. Dimitri Kuzmin, third round, 82nd overall. And scouts are huge on this guy, so hopefully he develops kind of like how Sandberg has. Yeah, well, there's so many great guys there, which I can easily see playing above Stanley, at least. Well, yeah. Well, I wish I wish they would... Well, you have... Give it, like, like a three-game stretch... Like for everyone. In, in and, the NHL, you have Morrissey, Schmidt, Pionk, Dylan, and DeMello, who are probably the five guys you're going to keep in for the most part. Yeah. And the rotating three are, unfortunately, Sandberg, Stanley, and Capobianco, mm-hmm. which, realistically, we can afford to... We can't fully afford to move. Like, Dylan, I would keep, just in terms of keeping the other team in line when like a bad hit on our side happens like he's a good guy to have yeah he has good games he has more he has more good games yeah, than Pionk I'd say well it outweighs the bad and for Pionk as well it's I, just bad passes I find yeah. oh, I, I think for I think for Dylan is he knows that his role is more or less more of like a team, but like yeah rub up get under the person's skin but he's a rougher kind of guy yeah seen Gagne, Scrap, Stenland, and Menelainen have got their noses into things. Uh, Nemesnikov, he's not a small guy. Russian, but... How tall is he, though? Six, six foot. foot. Okay. I mean, he's, not a, he's not a small guy. He plays like he's like six foot five, mm-hmm. realistically. And Niederreiter is also... Shows he's got grit. Yeah, he's 6'2", 220. Look at these. Like, these are not small guys. He's built. Oh, yeah. The Jets picked up bigger guys. So it's not like we made a terrible deadline addition. There are a couple of deadline additions. It's just we could have made more realistically. And when you take a look at the Eastern Conference, the three teams fighting in the Atlantic who are going to absolutely shred each other, which is Boston, Toronto, and Tampa, then they have to face one of the wildcard teams. I feel bad for the wildcard team getting absolutely bullied First round. Oh, my goodness. No, this got to be Toronto's year to make it past the first round at least. Well, after this year, because Dubas has moved, uh, he's moved the moves, he's moved everything for this game to make It's more like the talent of the players and the coach. Like, it's in their hands. And if you take a look at Boston, they went out, got Dimitri Orlov, Garnett Hathaway, Tyler Bikuzi, Shane Bowers, Andre Stefakov, and what they had to give up was a first in 2023, a fifth in 2023, a first in 2024, a third in 2024, and a second, fourth, a second and a fourth in 2025. They also gave up AHL goalie Keith Kincaid and uh, NHL forward Craig Smith. You gave up a lot to get 
three big pieces in Bertuzzi, Hathaway, and Orban. Might They might have one of the better defense cores I've ever seen in the NHL with Orlov, Lindholm, and McAvoy on one side. That's kind of to be seen. You also have Forbert as depth, former Winnipeg Jet. <laughs> yeah. I take a look at them, and then I look at Toronto's additions of Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Cherry, former Bruin Noel Cherry, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, Luke Shen, Eric Gustafson, Josh Pilar, a first in 2023, a third and fifth in 2024, and a fifth in 2025. Then you also get a prospect in Radim Zaporna, who's actually a bigger guy. About how bigger guys in the party seem to take the number, which is 52 for some reason. I haven't taken a look to see how big he was. But the thing that Toronto had to do is that they gave up two roster guys, Pierre Engvall and Francis With that, you got a third and a first and a choke turn. They also gave up Dryden Hunt, Adam Gaudet, Mikhail Abramo. A first round pick in two thirds in 2023, a second in 2024, a first in 2025, a fourth in 2025, and a second in 2026. That is a gamble. Oh, yeah. But the additions they've made, they brought in five NHL guys. Like solid. Five solid NHL guys. Yeah, that is. And then I take a look at Tampa Bay, who. I'm going to go with the Michael Esamont trade first. For Vladislav Nemesnikov, they also moved one, two, three, four, five, six other pieces. How did... Ugh. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you saw the uh, Tanner Janot trade. Yeah. I I don't know how to... Ugh. With all the things they gave out, I don't know. Yeah. Is Tanner Janot worth it? I know Michael Isamont is like a lower bottom six type yeah. of guy. Well, Tampa's bottom six is going to be excruciatingly hard to play against. Because when Isamont went to San Jose, he was a he became a really big fighter and whatnot. Like He played m- with more edge. And I wish Winnipeg didn't waive him because we could use that guy playing with edge right now. And Tanner Janot, he was seventh in Calder voting last year. And he had a big year. He's not having a great year this year. Mm-hmm. But it's more a what if he gets back to that. Yeah. So they move an NHL player in Calfoot, a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth round pick. Basically an entire draft class. Calfoot, mind you, I'm pretty sure was also a first round pick. So it's like yeah. giving up two firsts, one second, third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah. How Which, did Calfoot turn out, though? That's the thing. Was he, uh, was he worth all the hype of being a first-rounder? Uh, well, I think he was in their system forever. I remember hearing about him every once in a while, but that was about it. I don't know if I was ever impressed by his play. Uh, oh, wait. Why am I going to... If I could marginally keep it and go to the proper teams you know yeah um, where is it okay there we are yeah he's a right side defenseman he's six foot three 209 
He's not a small guy. No. Um, he was with Tampa for uh, the second, the third straight cup run. Like, I fully understand where Brisbane is coming from. You got a cup window, and now is the time to win, pretty much. Yeah. And I think that's what they're going for right now. Is you're gonna, you have to win right now, rather win tomorrow. So you've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. What care do you truthfully have? And I think that's where Tampa's going. Toronto, you haven't gotten out of the first round in a few years. You're trying to find the guys to improve your overall team. It just sucks you have to lose a good defenseman in Rasmus Sandin, who in his Washington Capitals debut had three assists and was on the first pair. Pierre Engvall, I don't know if he's played for the... Islanders yet, but who knows? The Janot trade, he's had a fight already, and I think a couple of points. Mm-hmm. And then, speaking of trades, with, uh, yesterday being the trade deadline, teams were kind of rushing to make moves, or not rushing, but making moves happen. And the first Arizona and Calgary became the first teams to trade a pair of brothers like for each other. Arizona traded Nick Ritchie and Troy Stetcher to Calgary for Brett Ritchie and Connor McKay. So that interesting piece of NHL history, I thought, in my opinion. And just kind of, yeah, I don't know if you saw that at all. On the million trades, I think there was 32 trades yesterday. <laughs> it's the most since 2020, the Nick Foligno trade here. Is uh, so trying to follow the stock markets, <laughs> yeah, during the recession. Then another thing is, or not another thing, kind of moving on is the Eastern Conference we've kind of mentioned is going to be like a brawl for them. It's going to be teams kicking the crap out of each other, while the Western Conference it's just going to be more, more of a slow dance with each other. They're still going to beat each other up pretty good. But the Eastern Conference, like all these teams have loaded up. Like the uh, the Devils got Meyer, the Rangers got Tarasenko, Mikola, and Kane. Toronto got five NHL players. Boston got three rough guys. I mean, Boston is having a tear of a season, man. Oh yeah, hundred three or hundred five points this year. I think they've won ten straight right now. Oh, I'm not surprised, man. They 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 go on. Six game, seven game, eight game, nine game win streaks, ten game now. It's nuts. And, oh man, it doesn't stop. But they they found something. But I have just on the screen the what the most likely playoff matchups are, which will likely be Boston versus Pittsburgh, Toronto versus Tampa. We know Toronto and Tampa is happening. Like that one's a lock. You got Carolina likely versus the Islanders. I would honestly like to see Detroit in that spot, but it's not likely to happen. Uh-huh. It is what it is. You have the Jets making the playoffs right now. Oh, uh, I, I can see them making like a five-game slide. It is what it is. Yeah. And that's the most likely playoff scenario is they make wild card two if they're going to yeah. make it. This is also just kind of off of what if the playoffs started today, this is what true, matchups true. would be. Yeah. Uh, you'd have 
Devils and Rangers, which is also going to be a really nice matchup to see. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck for Tarasenko and Kane or Meyer and the Devils. Meyer and Hughes, I guess. Because both teams are really good, but in the first round, a team's got to lose. In the yeah. Western Conference, it's going to likely be Dallas-Winnipeg, um, Minnesota versus Colorado, Vegas versus Edmonton, and then LA versus Seattle. That'll be a good one. I want to see LA versus Seattle. And the, t- the what I want to see happen is different from what is actually going to happen. Or not fully different, but a little bit different, which is Boston versus Buffalo. Because I, I think that'd be a neat series. Just I just want to see Buffalo make the playoffs, man. That's all there is to it. <laughs> that too. But like, also the fact of Boston and Buffalo, they haven't had close games all year. Either Boston's beating them like 5, 6, 7, 1, or Buffalo's shutting them out like 4, 5, nothing. It's been a crazy year uh, for the two teams. The other, the other Eastern Conference matchups I want to see are Toronto versus Ottawa. Only way for that to happen is Ottawa somehow gets 11 points by the end of the season yeah. and kicks Tampa to the first wildcard spot. That's not happening. Carolina versus Tampa Bay would be interesting. That would be. Because Toronto avoids Tampa Bay. Yeah. Seeing two Canadian teams go at it would be cool. Oh, yeah. And Devils Rangers. Devils Rangers. That would be, oh my goodness. And that's likely to happen. I want to see that. I I also want to see it. And then for the Western Conference, I want to see Dallas versus Edmonton, Minnesota versus Winnipeg. Because just south of the border, seven hours, is Minnesota or Minneapolis. Just saying, man. Would be good. I think we had a playoff series against them. We did? Yeah, Yeah. 2018 first round. We beat them in five. Beat them in five. Was that the year we went to the Western Conference Conference? final? Yeah. Yeah. And then we got flurried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that guy. And then they lost to Ovechkin. Yeah, I'm happy Ovechkin won the cup oh, yeah. that year. He deserves it. The other two matchups I want to see in this are Vegas and Colorado and LA and Seattle. Vegas against Colorado would be really cool. I want it. I would love to see another Vegas San Jose series. I was just about to say that. I yes. was thinking, I mean, it's not, not going to happen, but that would be really cool. Like, could you imagine. The team that the uh, the Sharks had a few years ago in like 2017, like when they beat Vegas in seven in that incredible uh, Game Seven comeback, mm-hmm. that Vegas team with all that hype and how Carlson is playing now, could you imagine? <laughs> I would. I don't know. I I can't imagine. But I don't want to imagine it because the more I imagine it, the more I come to terms that it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Or at least for another, f- what, 10 years or so? I don't want to think about it, man. It yeah. would be so entertaining to watch. Oh, though. yeah. And then we're just hitting the end of the notes right away. But Jacob Trickern was finally traded, and this would be the third season that he was in Trade Rivers. I have the trade on. Uh, on the screen if you didn't catch it mm-hmm. but this was for far less than what Arizona was asking for oh wow and this can likely become two firsts but it's not going to be two firsts there's no way Ottawa's going to make it to the Eastern Conference finals this year no. unless a miracle happens 
Yeah. <laughs> that is quite uh, the trait though for Ottawa. Oh yeah. You get a top four defenseman who's played really well with a dog awful team. Yeah. And he wants his plus minus fits anywhere close to zero. That's insane considering he's playing on the Coyotes. He was a plus eight this year. No way. Plus eight. That is. He's a career minus 37. But like, you're a plus eight in 36 games. And how how many? What are they? What are the Coyotes at right now? They, they have to be below 500. Oh, they were well before. I think they're one of the teams that could get Bedard. Speaking of which, because Chikrin has only played 36 games all season, he played mm-hmm. his 37th. And with Ottawa at home tonight, they beat the Blue Jackets five to two. He scored his first goal as a Senator. All that fancy schmancy stuff. Uh, I'm assuming you would have seen all these players held held out for trade uh, related uh, reasons. If you didn't, you don't follow hockey as closely as I do, and I fully understand that. Um, what do you think? Like, what are you just some of your thoughts on? Trade-related reasons, like, do you think it's fair to the player, fair to the team? Ugh. Like, do you think it's injury, uh, caution for injury? I couldn't tell you, man. Like, you're not quite sure? I'm really not. Because Jacob, Jacob Chukrin basically uh, was sat out for eight, ga- uh, eight games, which is a tenth of his season, or, yeah, a tenth of his season. It. It could be for a lot of reasons. Yeah, and like it could be like so the guy doesn't get hurt, but even then it's like you're scratching a huge gray area. And on the screen you'll see like players held out for trade related reasons. And I'll kind of get this into this when I'm recording on my own and whatnot and with other guests and really dive into it. But like the limit for trade related reasons that a guy should be out is three games, like the maximum. After that, either you got to trade him or insert him into the lineup. I wonder if some disciplinary stuff was going on. I don't know. I I don't I don't think it's uh, disciplinary because you got a bottom feeding team holding a guy out who's perfectly healthy to play. I don't I don't know. I have so many different scenarios going on in my head right now. I, I can't choose one. Yeah, um, and then. I, like, I personally think it hurts the player and the team that they're playing on if he's sitting for more than three games. Yeah. Because the team knows. We like we don't know when this guy's going to be going. Because uh, I was listening listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, and they made a very good point of how when you're a, like when you're a team, you're very closely knit. You're very close with your teammates. And then you're sitting guys for a tenth of the season sitting in the press box basically not practicing not playing he's out for multiple weeks fully healthy because the team is trying to move it happened to Gavrikov when Columbus thought they had a deal with Boston and then Boston went and got Hathaway and Orlov and then they had to move him eventually it hurts the team and the players off the sole fact of hockey's a huge mental thing. Yeah, man. I, I agree. Yeah. 
right, we're kind of back from a little impromptu break, but that's how she goes. We were kind of just talking about the trade related to reason stuff, and we're just going to wrap up on that note. And on that note, I feel like that's a solid note to end on. And we were, I was kind of in the middle of why I hurt the team and the player, and I think it just messes with the chemistry overall. Because in the case of Chikrin, he's your top defenseman. Taking him out, you're more susceptible to losing the game. He's Arizona's got their they got their guys, they got everything that they need and just going forward it's one of those it's one of those factors of okay the NHL needs to step in at some point and I'm hoping they do. And I'm just as a little other bullet point just under it is the league has to step in on the matter of sitting players for trade related reasons. And who knows if it's gonna come up in the next CBA, which is due in the at the end of the 25-26 season, or if they're going to focus on other things. But yeah, that's all I really have. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Kepler, and being yeah. willing to do this. Had a blast. Yeah, alrighty. Well, thank you again, and thank you all for listening.